Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. Conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now, here are your hosts, Ed Stetzer and Daniel Yang. Welcome to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, where we're helping Christian leaders navigate and lead through the cultural issues of our day. My name is Daniel Yang, National Director of Churches of Welcome at World Relief, and today we're talking with Matt Chandler. Matt's an elder and lead pastor at the Village Church in Flower Mound, Texas, and the executive chairman of the Acts 29 Network. He's authored several books, including Family Discipleship, Leading Your Home Through Time, Moments, and Milestones, co-authored with Adam Griffin. You can sign up for Matt's newsletter and check out his podcast, The Overcomers, at PastorMattChandler.com. Now, we've split this interview into two parts. In the first part, Matt addresses the controversy he faced last year and how it's impacted his ministry. Be sure to join us next week for part two, where Matt shares his insights into how parents can disciple their children well. Before we go to Matt, we want to remind you that if you're enjoying our interviews, it would help us if you left us a review. Now let's go to Ed Stetzer, Editor-in-Chief of Outreach Magazine and the Dean of the Talbot School of Theology. Well, Matt, good to see you, and thanks for take, taking the time to have a conversation. It's going to be a good conversation. Well, it's not every day Ed Stetzer's in Dallas. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, here we are. We are actually at the Right Now Conference, yep. and uh, just grabbed a few of the speakers, wanted to have a conversation, and Matt, just to start with you. Anything exciting happened in last year? So last year or this coming year? Well, let's say, let's start with last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... You think, did you, did anything? I mean, make, I got in some trouble, I make think. Make the news, maybe? I make did. The news? Okay. I, did. I made the news. Okay. I, I think depending on what you read, um, you mean it, it could have been outlandish? It was everywhere. Or, I, I think so. Okay. I didn't, I took... You a, didn't look. I didn't send them to you. No, okay. I didn't. I haven't read, in, in Before the Lord, I haven't read a single word about myself, good or bad. Yeah. Um, I, I've made that a practice. Okay. Easily the last decade, but maybe longer. Well, give just give a little context because uh, you know folks who maybe aren't aware, what what was this like? What, what aspect of it? <laughs> well, how did it start? For example, okay, you so you, there was a um, at a prayer meeting at the village, and a woman walks up to me as a woman I've known for a long time. I mean, she'd been at the church for over a decade. I actually baptized her when she was in her twenties, and she asked me, "Hey, are you are you DMing direct messaging with this woman?" And I said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I am. Sure. And she let me know that she thought that was inappropriate. Okay. And I, I, I at the time certainly didn't think it was inappropriate. Sure. I so I let her know. I well, her husband knows. Lauren knows. There's nothing inappropriate being said. And and she she just felt like that doesn't matter. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And and she just continually pressed me. And um and like to where it, to where it started to be like I was getting confused at why. Because all my, like, I just thought I was in safe. I was being dumb. It was a dumb back and forth. Like, I, I didn't feel like, to me, it was just a right. dumb little thread. It wasn't, like, I didn't feel any kind of emotional compulsion towards her. There was nothing physical about it. I didn't, you know, it was just, I was, it was silly to me. I was being silly. But it unnerved me. And so I walked over and told, um, the, the the chairman of the elder board and the other lead pastor, hey, this is what just happened. And I went home and told Lauren. And then um, from there, I thought it was over. I literally thought it was over. And um, I I even let the woman that, that I was DMing know that I thought the frequency and familiarity at which we were interacting needed to be backed off of was inappropriate. And, um, and then from there, um, I thought I was done. Okay, great. This woman brought this to my attention. I let the elder know. I let another pastor know. I let my wife know. And I let this other woman know, hey, we, we need, this needs to happen much less. And, um, and then from there, 
the the accusations this this woman and and her husband continued to kind of sound the alarm. Uh, in fact, they left the church over it and went to a, a, a sister church of ours, a church that we had planted, um, and were sharing her concerns there, to which he then called me, and I let him know, well, Lauren knows, chairman, here's what I've sure, done. Sure. And then he left that meeting and um, and called my chairman of the elders, called and then called my wife and just made sure right. that I wasn't full of it. Right. And and it just seemed like this this woman, it, these things weren't satisfying mm-hmm. to her. So she continued to escalate the accusations, and that led us to the process. The process. All right. So, so I remember that we were actually together a few months before all this became public, yeah. and you were not aligned with where the elders were at that time. Um, and yeah. So, and so, how did? What's the process where they they took something more seriously than you took seriously? And how do you get to them? Did you submit to what they had to say? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Or did you come to an agreement with them or just no, submit? My, that? So my grid is always with that group of men. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important, is that those men deeply love Jesus. Mm-hmm. They deeply love the Word of God mm-hmm. and are committed to the Word of God. And then they genuinely love my wife and I mm-hmm. and my family. Uh, if any of those three are missing, th- this is probably a completely different story. Um, I, I would certainly... Um, have not been able to submit mm-hmm. to you, you remove any one of those and and I don't think I'm able to submit mm-hmm. anymore but we have a long history of ministry together me and that room do mm-hmm. and I there's no doubt and there was no guile there was nothing subversive mm-hmm. they did their best to engage Lauren and I and explain their reasoning to hear from us uh, and and to move it forward and so to, to me it was these are men given to me by God mm-hmm. to protect me and, and to, when necessary, discipline me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was, uh, we're going to come under their care. And, um, and, and that was just the decision Lauren and I made. Right. We're, we're going to, okay. these are, I think what made it hard for us is these are like lifelong friends right, sure. in some instances. Sure. Um, and so where we would normally go to process mm-hmm. the hurt right. and what we perceived at times the misrepresentation and the twisting uh, of certain things, we, we didn't know who to talk to right. about it. Right. Um, and so the, the hurt for us was we don't have anywhere to go. Right. Um, but it wasn't – but we were going to submit to the elders. Right. And that, is that where – you ultimately came to the place because because again back to the what we're talking through even when you got up and talked in your video you you indicated that you know you didn't see it as seriously as they saw it so you either had to come to see it more seriously or submit to them that they saw it more seriously yeah well i think what i was able to see you know it's important to note that like part of this process i actually never even saw the report right okay that that the lawyers drew up i didn't see it this other woman didn't see it the accusing woman didn't see it um so i they had information that I didn't, okay. and so they were able to kind of lay some of these things in front of me that I was like, oh, yeah, man, I wish I could have that back. That, sure. that was pretty That was pretty. The unwise thing things, those yes, kinds of things. Yes, that okay. stuff. Yeah. Or that gif or, you know, just yeah. it's that. it was that kind right. of relationship. Right. And so I could see after they sat down and said, these are some things that, like, if they were public, right. um, could be real damaging right. to you and to the name of Jesus. Sure. Um, and, and so ultimately, you know, I mean, Lauren's sitting on the couch with me at every turn. We right. never had a meeting with them where she wasn't in the room right. other than the, the, the two meetings we had without Lauren was the kind of the, the reading of the, you know, when I entered into this leave and they were going to do a little discipline on me, the, the, there was a meeting where they kind of read 
scriptures over me right. of you right. know why they were doing what they were sure. doing, and then read a letter that they you know wrote to me about some disappointment and some hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wasn't in that meeting, and then she wasn't in the meeting that restored me, sure. where they read different scriptures over me, and then wrote about hope yeah. uh, alone. And restored so, strong words. I mean, restored discipline. Yeah, those are not words that normal churches use. Sure, and. Um, you know, a lot of us talked about, you know, we sometimes we would text, but you you know, you were walking through that space. But your pastor friends yeah. said either um, something more is going to come out. You yeah. know, and sometimes that happens. If there's, if yeah. there's a pattern, something more comes out. and Or the elders overreacted is what people yeah, would sure. see or say. Um, and did did they? Because nothing more came out. So did yeah. they? Well, there, there wasn't any more there. Right. Um, I, am, I am currently in a season of watching the fruitfulness of me submitting to their leading. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't, it it wasn't my call Mm -hmm. to whether or not it was heavy handed or not. Um, My my call, as I understand it biblically, was because they meet those three criteria uh, to come under their care. Um, And and, and what that, all that's going to mean for me is this thing that we went through, all it's going to mean for me is the rest of my life, um, every once in a while, some guy on Instagram or Twitter right. is going to pop up at me. Right, sure. Um, I, I have a long history of integrity. Um, they didn't find a single thing on my devices or phones, not a single image of a woman in a bikini. They mm-hmm. could look at my search history. They could look. There's nothing there. Yeah. This was an outlier mm-hmm. moment where I was being probably not as diligent as mm-hmm. I needed to sure. be. And maybe they stopped something from becoming something else. I don't I don't know. Sure, sure. But I don't I was glad to submit, well, that's probably overstated. Um I I understood that my duty before God right. was to submit to these men because they met that criteria. And so I I don't want I don't know that I want to say whether I thought they overreacted sure. or didn't. Um I think there are parts of the process that were real frustrating yeah. and, and were hurtful. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I think everybody was doing the best that they could. Right. I, and you know, most people do this one time in their life, and so yeah. they're all figuring out as they go. So for me, watching you submit to the authority elders, you know, in a, in a world where megachurch pastors kind of decide what happens and how it happens, yeah, uh, you submitted to a group of people with something maybe you didn't 100% I, agree with. I wasn't in a single meeting yeah. where they discussed this situation right. or what they should do with right. me. So again, that was some of the some of the disorientation for Lauren and I are like we're usually we're right. sure, in those you're, meetings. You're, we're not, not in making process. Meetings. Not right. Lauren, but I'm right. Yeah. And so and then this is a very different thing. This is not this is me. Yeah. This is not like a um, small groups pastor right. Right. or that this will very much be seen right. um, globally. And so I think there was a ton of weight on those guys, and yeah. um, and it was a confusing situation. Yeah. Um, and so I, the Lord galvanized that room through this mm-hmm. in ways that, um, like I said, I'm, we're watching the fruitfulness. And that's bear what we talked about. So because one of the things that typically under the side of something like this, where there's elders put some sort of process, discipline, the word you yeah. used on a pastor, restore the pastor. Um, the, the end result is that pastor goes somewhere else. Might yeah. be restored, but goes somewhere else. That doesn't seem to be the path. Tell us where it is now. Yeah, no. Um, 
Man, I'm I'm as committed to the men and women of the Village mm-hmm. Church as I've ever been in my life. Um, I'm I love that m- group of men mm-hmm. more than I mean the Lord accomplished something in us before I was restored. We had a um, we had an elder retreat in October, and man, if the Holy Spirit didn't show up and do some things among us, like the kind of things I've been asking the Lord to do in that room with that group of men since I got to the village. And man, it was just a profound time of healing and tears and things being said that needed to be said and the air being cleared and a, uh, just a renewed commitment to the cause of Christ, to disciple-making, to seeing people become Christians and maximizing the days mm. that God's given us. And there, there was a momentum born in that October retreat that, that feels to me like it's still moving forward. Okay. And so we, we, we went through, I think, three or four months of turning away again. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I was restored, it was kind of like it was like people were just curious how I would come back. Can he come back the mm-hmm. way that he was? Right. Or what yeah. version of Matt will come back? Right. Um, and man, I, I never felt, oh, I can't say that because I have this thing or right. I can't be as, you know, as prophetic because of this thing in my past. I felt... You know, you preach grace and the mercy of Christ to this group of people for for two decades, and then they give it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the thing that was so powerful in our shared experience of this, is they were happy to extend grace to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I had tried to faithfully do the same to them um, for two decades. Mm-hmm. And so, like, got back, there was like a, a month of like, what? What's he going to be like coming mm-hmm. back? Is he going to be jaded in any right, way? Sure. Is he going to throw a little jab? I mean, I guess these are the questions. And then, and then all of a sudden, it just broke loose. Wow! And we were—I think we turned away for close to four months, and then added a Saturday service again. Wow. And yeah. we're seeing, like, I mean, crazy baptisms. Not not like you're seeing on Instagram. We're like, we baptized 900 people right, right, this right. weekend. Right. Not that like. 13 a couple of weeks ago yeah. and then uh, I mean it's just been a steady we're sure. baptizing more than we ever have um, like really cool Jesus stuff is happening yeah. everywhere and um, I couldn't be more grateful you know no one not no one maybe just unusual people to tell the the end of the story yeah. right your your discipline became global news but it was a slow news cycle and that didn't help me either. it did not help you it did not help you but um, it was everywhere, yeah. and yet this conversation here where you're restored and how the Lord is continuing to work is less part of the conversation. So what would you exhort to pastors who, first of all, I think a lot of pastors wouldn't even have the kind of structure where their elders sure. could do this. So give us just some exhortations about the kind of, the, it's almost like a family-like process you walk through. It, it was very much, and, and I think it's, I, I've been around dysfunction enough to be real nervous about this question. Um, because I, I'm, I'm saying I had the type of elders that could be trusted. Right, and that, that's important. And that's huge. Yeah. And, and if you've built your elder board uh, around like business guys who have a lot of money mm-hmm. or um, the, the popular men in the church. Sure. That, very common, very common. Th- these are very common ways yeah. guys pick elders. And if you do it that way, then on the day where you need to be defended, mm-hmm. you need someone to come shield to shield next to you, or you need to be corrected, um, there there will be things that I would maybe say, I don't think you should submit to that. Right, right. I, I think you should fight. Okay. I think you should resign. I think you should go down the street and start right. something else. Right. Um, but like, if you cultivate a room 
um, that fears the Lord, that loves the Bible, and that understands you as a human being, um, imperfect, um, and and has agreed to defend and protect you. And sometimes that defending and protecting involves discipline. Right, sure. Then, um, then, I, then I think you've built a room that in the day of trouble, um, You'll have, mm-hmm. I think, what you need to get to the other side of it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to get to the other side of it, but but I'm saying in all of it, I never thought these guys are trying to get rid of me, right. or they're they're being petty, or these guys are subversively trying to remove power from me. I, I never had a single thought about that. I think in every meeting they had, there were tears, there was heartbreak, there was disorientation. It was really a brutal season sure. for them sure. as well as for us. But you weren't questioning their integrity Never. and their motives. You might have come to different conclusions on yeah. some things, but people you were in this community with, and I think that's the distinction for a lot of people, and in your caveats, they were helpful. You have to have those kinds of elders. Yeah. There's that family structure that's there. And now you're in a fruitful and, fa- and faithful season yeah. of ministry, feeling good about Absolutely. where you are. Absolutely. Love wonderful. it. Wonderful. It, it's one of... It's been, I think, the last three months have been some of the more fun Love it. times in ministry I've yeah. ever had. Yeah. And, and I've had some epically good times. Yeah. And this has just been beautiful. It's deeper. Um, it feels more serious in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, and, and like I said, the, I, I think one of the things that specifically drives my prayer life is you know when when the apostle Paul says, "Hey, uh, the God of this age has blinded the eyes of those mm-hmm. who are perishing," mm-hmm. and like I'm a good preacher, mm-hmm. and I I think I'm a good pastor shepherd, but I got no magic in me to make the blind see. Mm-hmm. So there's been this kind of fun desperation for Jesus to open the eyes, the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of the blind, and we've just seen a lot of that, mm-hmm. and 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 I think. Coming under the elders and submitting to um, the, their decision, which which you're right, the majority of people thought, and I think this is where it might have backfired, and where some of the some of the frustration was, is that people were like, well, obviously there's something more there, or, or would come out, or, or yeah, right, that'll right. eventually. And right. and here's what I can say: nothing's ever going to come out right. because well, if it didn't, pretty soon thereafter, I mean, everyone there's in the world just nothing saw this, there, right? So right. So. Um, so, I mean, we were honest, right? which yeah. I know nobody gets the benefit of the doubt sure, anymore. Not anymore. But we just thought, let's be honest, yeah. and then they, there can't be anything else mm-hmm. that comes out. Um, and so that, that was the yeah. – th- that's been the process. And it, like I said, it, it, it's, a, it's a dark moment. In... Sorry to relive it. No, you're all right. So. It's a, I mean, we, yeah, I don't – Eventually, we've got to talk about this stuff. Yeah. No, I think so. And, and, and so, I, hopefully in a way that, for me, part of what yeah. I point to is the family dynamic and the accountability in the community really became key to even being able to receive discipline. No question. Being restored and then going on in a season of ministry. No question. And I think there's something that we can learn from through, your, so. through your pain. Yeah, um, well, I hope so. let's not waste it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk some about that family dynamic. And, and you're, by the way, Matt's also writing about these things. You go to pastormattchandler.com. Yeah. You can sign up for your newsletter there as well. Uh, I want to get. We're going to talk about your your co-authored book, Family Discipleship: Leading Your Home Through Time uh, Moments and Milestones. Yep. So the family dynamic uh, was it 14 years ago? You stood before and did a video and talked yep. about what your hopes were in hopefully beating this cancer. So yeah. tell us about that and what that means now. Yeah. So 14 years ago, I was diagnosed with. It's funny because like. 
if I ever post anything about it, people are like, what? Are you okay? What happened? Yeah, no, it's, And it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, it's you like were whole generation alive. Yeah, I know. Or, or, or Eric, what is it? Eric Gorski's story yeah. about that state of your house and yeah. all that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's great. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes will look up that article and read it, and I wonder what happened to Eric, man. I hadn't I haven't loved him. having him. He was great. He was great. I haven't heard from him forever. Yeah. I wish he was still writing religion. Yeah. We have a shortage of. Anyway, let me. Let me just talk about the, the family dynamic. 14 years ago video. 14 years ago. Yeah. So I have a seizure. They find a tumor. I've got to have surgery on Friday. So I don't know what version of me is waking up. Yeah. And so I, I just shoot a video for the church. And in it, I'm, I think I'm pretty candid about what I want in life. And I talked about wanting to... You know what we're going to do for a second? Let's, let's play that video uh, right now so people can hear it. So we'll, we'll, okay. we'll, play, we'll play that video. Great. Here it is. Um, hi, I'm Matt Chandler. I'm the lead pastor, teaching pastor here at the Village Church. Um, if you haven't heard, it's been uh, quite the weekend, uh, really quite the week for us. Uh, on Thanksgiving morning, uh, I had a seizure and woke up in the hospital. Uh, they did some scans and they found a, a tumor on my right frontal lobe. Um, it's about uh, two inches um, by one inch, so two inches in diameter, about one inch deep. Um, and on Friday, really by the time you watch this, uh, they're going to go in and, and cut it out. And so I, I wanted to say just a couple of things to you uh, very quickly. Um, knowing that this is the first weekend in FMX, we're live streaming, like all these good things are happening. And I'm having to miss out on that. Uh, just trust the Lord with that. Um, but in, in the end, a couple of things. One, I, I just can't thank you enough. Um, and really the places where our hearts have been real tender is um, just the outpouring of love and encouragement and support and prayers um, from really not just the village but all over the world. And um, that's been such a humbling, humbling thing uh, to me and my family. Um, and so I wanted to thank you for that. And then um, the second thing, I just wanted to say this um, so you could hear me say this. Um, I've been, in my travels this fall, I've been preaching kind of the same message out of Hebrews 11. And in Hebrews 11, um, he says that, that some shut the mouths of lions and, and some, um, they put foreign armies to flight and some, you know, he kind of goes through this, all these good things that happen to these men of God. And then right in the middle of, I believe, um, I believe it's verse 30, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's somewhere right in there. All of a sudden it just turns, I think it's 32, it just turns. And all of a sudden it says, and some were tortured and, and some um, were sawn in two and some were destitute and some were, and, and then he said, but both, both walked in faith. And, and so this, I'm 35 years old, I'm at this point in my life, all he's ever given me um, was, I mean, we just, we've shut the mouths of lions and we've put foreign armaments to flight and we fought against injustice and there've been nothing but good um, that has come. And so I've always felt like, um, I've always felt when, when I taught that message, there was this hitch in me that was going, when I say, but some don't get that, I, I thought that there would be people in the crowd that would say, um, well, well, of course you're going to say that. Of course you're going to point that out because God's done nothing but be good to you. He's done nothing but be gracious. He's done nothing but let you have victory after victory after victory. Um, and so when this all came out and then when we found out from the surgeon that there, we were expecting to get multiple options, here are your options, and we didn't. We got, there's one option. We need to get in there now. Um, I, there's this part of me that's so grateful that the Lord counted me worthy for this. And there's this part of me that goes, okay, because now in an area where it's not a big win, I get to show that he's enough. And I get to praise him and exalt him and, and make much of him 
in this because I've got to make much of him in this. Now he he's counting me worthy to to point to him in this. Um, and so know that, man, we, we've cried our tears at my house and, man, I've held my children and I've kissed them and I've kissed my wife. And what I, what I would love is to be a 70-year-old man drinking coffee. I would love to walk my daughter down the aisle. I would love to see um, my boy turn into the athlete I never was. I mean, I would love to, I would love to do all of that. Um, but none of those things is better than him. None of those things. And I'm saying that now. I'm saying that right now, not as the guy who has everything and has nothing in front of him that he could lose, but I'm telling you that now as a guy who could lose everything in, in an instant. Um, and so, man, I love you. I love this place. It's been the great joy of my life to yell at you for seven years. Um, my plan is to come back um, more aggressive. That's my plan. And so we'll see what the Lord has for me. Um, I, am, I am not afraid. Uh, and so for those of you who kind of you just keep living in fear, um, and, and you would try to use this as an excuse to continue in that fear. Don't you dare use me as an excuse to continue in your lies. Um, my hope would be that you would see that he is good in all things, and that he would never send to any of us things he does not provide strength for. I love you more than you know. I can't wait to, can't wait to be back. can't wait to be back. I love you. Yeah, so you like I'm I want these things. Yeah. I I want to see Reed become a man. I want to walk my girls down the aisle. And so this has been a tender season, you know, <clears throat> not just coming off last fall, but right, right. it's been a tender season because Reed turns eighteen on Saturday. Wow. In fact, before people see this, he might already be eighteen. I remember he was just a oh, little Oh, absolutely. Kid. That's yeah, crazy. me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we have these rites of passage that yeah. we do, and so this is the this is his eighteenth. Mm-hmm. And so we will, me and a other group of men will say to him, you are a man. Mm. And we'll mark that, and uh, I hope it'll be meaningful for him. He's mm. not wondering, when do I become a man? When do I get these freedoms? Will you give when him a I... knife and send him into the Texas it's... wilderness to kill a bear? Has no, you send him into the wilderness with a knife, okay. and if he comes back with a bear. With a bear. Okay, that's see, the you got okay. the. You I, just got got it I know, you've got all the that pieces. We do I know, I know you don't. <laughs> you can't kill anything in California. That's a truth. Well, never mind, I was yeah. going to be snarky. Don't do that. And, um, and, and then Audrey gets married November 19th. Wow. And I'll walk her down the aisle. Yeah. And so there are these things that I so wanted to see. And I asked the Lord for. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is, yeah, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yeah. All of that is true. Yeah. Um, but man, if I, I didn't really want, you know, I'm, I'm come, I come from a hot mess. Mm. And so I, I just had this real hope in my heart after I became a Christian that the things that have haunted the Chandler bloodline for 500 years could go on the ground with me. Wow. That concludes the first part of our interview with Matt Chandler. Be sure to join us next week for part two, where Matt shares his insights into the challenges parents face in family discipleship. You can learn more about Matt and sign up for his newsletter at PastorMattChandler.com. And thanks again for listening to the Stetsa Church Leaders podcast. You can find more interviews as well as other great content for ministry leaders at ChurchLeaders.com slash podcast. And again, if you found our conversation today helpful, we'd love for you to take a few moments to leave us a review. That'll help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. For more great interviews, as well as articles, videos, and free resources, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.